Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. This week we've got two regular segments for you and one bonus segment. Starting things off, Zach, Mike, and Neil uh, break down all the news from this past week, uh, stuff from GDC and stuff that just coincidentally fell during the week. After that, Patrick, Neil, and Zach bring the first installment of a new segment we're having, uh, which is basically an evolving Game of the Year list. So they talk about the best games that have come out so far, and every month or so we'll do a new one and update the list with the uh, latest games that have been released and uh, remove the ones that don't hold up. And after the outro, we've got a bonus segment with James Dawson and Don Koopman, and they talk about the PlayStation Vita and how it compares to our lovable 3DS. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to NWR Connectivity. I'm your host for this news segment, Neil Ronahan, and with me I got Mike Sklens. Hey. And Zach Miller. And uh, we're, we're going to go over some of the news that I guess came out of GDC, although most of it just happened to come out around GDC. It's not really groundbreaking news. Nintendo has a little bit of a presence there. Uh, apparently they have a very big floor space, but they basically just have uh, at least... New-wise, they have Mario Tennis Open, um, Spirit Camera, and Quetzal's Quarters, which we'll talk about that later. That's a new eShop game from Nintendo that's basically a sequel to Through Space, but now it's on 3DS. Um, And there were a couple cool talks. We'll have uh, longer articles up on the site for the talks on stuff like Super Mario 3D Land, Resident Evil Revelations, Skylanders... um, and then, uh, you know, Aaron and Carmine are both there for us. Uh, they're basically alternating days and well, some other cool stuff coming out of that. Like, uh, Aaron talked about neuroscience with Voldy Way from Way Forward. Apparently, the majority of the money that they make comes from, like, EEG machine, or like software that they made, like, 20 years ago. Wow. Like, he made a comment to Aaron about, like, yeah, that still pays for half of our rent every month. So if you were ever wondering how WayForward can make all these cool games and still survive, that's why. Plus, <laughs> well, it's a medical uh, breakthrough, and then you are set for life. Yes. Yeah, because they, cause they, they've been around since, like, 91, I think. Yeah, they've been long around for a long time. But uh, let's, uh, let's talk about some Ubisoft games. Because now that Wii U is a, is a thing, and it's going to come out this fall, we're not just going to get your, your Rabbids... And your Rayman, uh, and your rabbits. We're need actually going to get other stuff. Everybody needs more rabbits. All the time. Well, I think there. Are, I think a, a rabbits game for Wii U is confirmed. Uh, <laughs> really, not surprised at all. Was there a year when Ubisoft released at least three rabbits games for the Wii? Yes. I'm I don't sure. know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was just one a year. No, I think. It, I think there was one year at least where there was two because one of them was like a dance version. Nope. Shit. I somehow recall... I'm, I'm almost like... positive. There, there, there was the launch game. Then there was Rabbids 2, like Raving Rabbids 2. There was Raving Rabbids 3, which I think was called TV Party. And then there was Rabbids Go Home. And then there was Rabbids Travel Through Time. And these all came out... What? Like... Rabbids Travel Through Time? That's a thing yeah. that exists? Yes, it is. And then I think there's a Connect Rabbids game that may or may not have come out. Uh, there were a couple... There was a 3DS terrible, terrible platformer that was uh, Rabbit's Travel Through Time. There's a review up on the site if you want to read about how much I hate myself because <laughs> I played that game. Rabbit's Go Home um, was the best one. Yeah, Rabbit's Go Home was basically uh, Katamari-esque. That game was kind of fantastic. It had a great sense of humor. And and really, is, is like that series, 
justifies its existence with that game. And I'll still stand by that the first Rabbids game wasn't really that bad of a launch title. It's just that none of the games really added anything outside of just like, now you can use the balance board. <laughs> but Ubisoft is making a bunch of stuff for Wii U. They had the round table at E3 last year where they said that they were making five games. There's uh, Killer Freaks from Outer Space, which is the new IP from the Rabbids guys. And it's, you know, you fight aliens that basically look yeah. like evil maniac rabbits. There is Ghost Recon Online. Um, I believe there's a sports title, a rabbits title, and then an Assassin's Creed title. Which, we don't have 100% confirmation, but it was announced this week when Assassin's Creed 3 was revealed that it is coming to Wii U. That seems, I mean, I would say that is basically a confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, but well, it's not exclusive to clearly not going to be exclusive. Oh no. Well, 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 they didn't say an exclusive, but I believe the wording at the event was uh, that a, a a game in the Assassin's Creed series uh, is right. going to because they hadn't yet announced that Assassin's Creed Three was a real yeah. thing, even though everyone knew that was you're going to fucking make it. Like you don't need a you don't need to play hush hush about. Oh, do you think we'll make Assassin's Creed Three, guys? Do you, do you think we'll do it? <laughs> well, they kept making Maybe those side will. stories forever. They made Assassin's Creed 2-1 and Assassin's Creed 2-2. Two, two. Two, two, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Assassin's Creed 3 looks kind of amazing. I uh, did not I like think, the first I think, game. I know, I, I, I know Mike and I have both expressed that I think we both played the earlier game, or, or some I of the earlier the games. One. Yeah, I played the first one and some of the second one. But and I didn't really, I thought they I were played, cool. I did, I played maybe like, like, probably, like, maybe ten missions into the, like, when you got to the first city in the first game, so I barely played it. I just, it was terrible. I stopped playing it. It's so repetitious. Oh, yeah. it is. It but is. everyone says the second one fixes a lot of those problems. The second I, one I, is amazing. I never played it. It, it like, does. It's it like, be it better. is, the it second be one, much better. the second one is way better than the first one, but it still didn't really hold me, because it is still very repetitious. It's just that it's, it's better. It's not nearly <laughs> as repetitious. One, I don't even give a shit. I don't care how repetitious this third one is. I'm fucking buying it because I want to yeah. murder some goddamn lobster backs. Like, yeah, so that's the, the, my favorite period in American history. And the, the, the setting it, of the game no is, video game set in it. The setting of the game is the American Revolution. I believe 1777 is yeah. what the trailer set it as. You play as a Native American with some unpronounceable name, uh, but he goes by the name of Connor. So. That's Good. easy and convenient. You know, it'll be great. Um, you'll be climbing all the way to the top of trees and then yeah. jumping into uh, hay, hay patches. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they kind of update the series and make it work for that region. Yeah, they showed a Because it doesn't really seem to, to be as natural of a, a transition from the no. other two areas. No, but they did show a shot of him, like, jumping through tree branches, which looked freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I want this game. I want it now. I would like and to he uses hatchets. He yeah, he's got a hatchet hatchets. and he puts them in Redcoat's faces. <laughs> it's awesome. I was talking to friends about it and it's just like, did you hear about Assassin's Creed 3? And they're like, no, what is it? It's like, you are an Indian and you fucking hit people in the face with axes. And they're and, British and, and awesome. And they're not and people. They're and then they'd watch the trailer and then they would be the same thing. And just be like, oh my god, I can't even. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's on a whole new engine, and it's coming to Wii U, although uh, October 30th is when it's coming out. Um, you know how we had a rash of World War II games? 
a rash. There was a period when everyone, like, when there were fucking way too many World War II games. Yeah. I feel like this game is going on. This game, well, it was really bad a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, now they're, it's all modern now. Right. It's all now zombies. It's all modern war. And then zombies, yeah. But this game is going to spark the, like, everyone has to make an American Revolution game. <laughs> modern War, modern out, Warfare gonna, 3, the American Revolution. Yeah, wow. once this comes out, wow. everyone's going to realize, like, this is such a cool period of history. Why haven't we set every video game in it? The best part about this, too, is that the creative director is tap, Australian. Tap B to re- refill Canadians. your musket. Yeah. Yeah, tap B rapidly. <laughs> no, I dropped the ball. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it seems really cool, and the Wii U one seems like it's not coming out alongside the other ones on October 30th, mm. but the wording was a little weird. I, I, I still kind of stand by my, I believe it's November 18th, 2012 prediction, that's Sunday before, Sunday before Black Thanksgiving, Friday. Yep. but... In all honesty, I don't think I'd be that surprised if it if it comes out maybe the end of September or sometime in October because it seems like there are a lot of big games that are hitting that that September October window and a lot of those games, well, I guess at this point only two of them. It's Assassin's Creed Three and Battlefield, uh, Warfighter or whatever the hell it's called is supposedly coming to Wii U this fall as well and that's coming out I think October twenty third. Battlefield. So I, I think there might be that guy. outside chance that we see Wii U at a in October, or maybe even the end of September or something. I would, I would say if it doesn't come out on November 18th, it'll come out in late September. Yeah. I don't think it'll come out in October at all. No. But, well, I mean, we'll see. Well, if Only it, time if will it, tell. If it doesn't come out in November 18th, that means it will have already come out in September. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is that I don't think there's a chance of it showing up at any point in October. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I think it'll either hit like yeah, that 64 yeah, day yeah, that's or the only reason I think... One. Of September is because the N64. I gotcha. And I think that might that might give them a good jump for the holiday season if they can position it right. If they have enough stock, I think it's their big issue. If they're low on stock, then they'll release it in November. Give people less time to buy it. Um, So, the next thing on the docket is Crush 3D and it's super, super confusing release uh, thing. Journey. Which has basically consistently evolved over the past two months. So initially, uh, default, I think right default, three, considering where yeah. it ends up. Yeah. Um. So I'll just I'll just run through Crush 3D's entire lifespan. It was announced. Um. It is a remake of a PSP game that was, you know, pretty well received, but just really under the radar. And it was announced, I believe, right before E3 for September 2011 launch of 3DS. However, I think around like July, it was delayed until. Uh, February, because the 3DS, they wanted to wait for the system to sell more copies so that way Crush 3D wouldn't just get lost in the early shuffle. And then when it was delayed to February, it was then moved up to January. And then we got to that day, and it wasn't out. And then we found out that it was pushed back to March. However, it came out in Europe on th- that <laughs> week that it was supposed to come out in North America. And then okay. it was it was uh, a lot of retailers. I don't think we ever had official confirmation from Sega, but a lot of retailers said it was coming out on March sixth, which was this past Tuesday. And then that came and went, and nothing happened. And right before that, there was a, a listing from a GameStop, like the internal computer. Someone you know just took a picture and sent it to go Nintendo or something. That said, Crush 3D GameStop exclusive March thirteenth. Um. So then, so then that thing came up, and then today, uh, JP Corbin actually has the game pre-ordered at the GameStop, and he got a text message that says, "Guess what? 
it's coming out tomorrow, which it would be March 9th, a Friday. And then I finally got in touch with someone at Sega who said, yes, it is coming out on March 9th, a Friday, for $20, and it is now a GameStop exclusive. That's weird. And, there must have been some late-minute dealing, like GameStop did something to get it exclusive, and that delayed the launch because they had to sign paperwork or something. Yeah. But, I mean, it just it just kind of sucks. And I actually called, uh, I called my local GameStop tonight because apparently some places were selling it early, and they told me that it was coming out on March 13th. So... Who, who even knows at this point? They're probably, yeah. probably didn't get their shipment in or something. But, um, yeah, it's, it's super confusing. And it kind of sucks for this game, because it seems like it's a pretty cool game. And I guess the budget price might do it good, but the fact that it's GameStop exclusive, I don't think really helps it. Nope. Um, Not in the least. I won't be buying it. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is like the equivalent of, like, Nintendo saying that Xenoblade was going to come to North America, and then just kind of stop stopping talking about it, and it's just like, oh yeah, it's just GameStop exclusive, by hmm. the way. Just so you know, but, none of you can want to buy this now. What? I said, no, go on. I was being sarcastic and not funny. I mean, now that it's 20 bucks, I'll probably, I'll probably definitely get the game. I, I really dug the demo, and I recommend people check it out. It's a oh, it was cool the demo game. on the eShop? Yeah, it came out I'm last week. That. It's worth checking out. I mean, it's a cool little puzzle platformer with some neat mechanics. All right, the next news on the docket is the Kid Icarus Uprising AR card situation, which um, revealed at E3 last year. There's this whole AR card thing. There's apparently, like, hundreds of them or something. Do we know what crap. the AR cards do yet? Because last time I saw it was, like, it just made a picture of two dudes fighting, but they didn't really, like, they didn't yeah. do anything. All they did was fight forever, like, yeah. you know, I mean, a gif. I mean, I think someone will eventually win, but there's really seemingly no point to it. I believe there's some kind of collectible element to them. Of course. Because, like, once you scan a card, then, like, it, it tracks it, and I think there's all these different idols you can collect, and then there's items that do something as well. I think you may be able to get, the like, the weapons in-game or something. So, I mean, that, it seems neat, I guess. But what we're finding out as we're getting closer to launch, which, as of this recording, we're two weeks away, um, the AR cards will have a limited distribution in uh, in North America, and so the only places you'll be able to get them are events like GDC, which is where uh, Aaron Kalutska found out about this. Uh, in magazines, the new issue of Gameformer is going to have a card in it. Nintendo Power, and, I'm sure. Yeah, Nintendo Power, tournaments, which they're having at GameStop uh, to commemorate the launch. And I think they're going to have more events after that. Probably stuff like PAX, they'll be giving stuff out. E3. Um, but yeah. So Good luck finding them. I mean... I don't honestly think it's that big of a deal, because it is something where it's just, I mean, it's just a bonus game. I don't really think there's anything more to it than that, so, yeah. Yeah, but in Japan, they're like, what is it, you buy like a chocolate bar, and you get a Kid Icarus card. Like, you can just, if you want a Kid Icarus card, you can just go pay like 89 cents for a Hershey bar. Well, they're, they're Kid Icarus Uprising Choco Snacks. Yeah. I mean, if you want the, if, you know, game of fuel. Comes, comes with free chocolate. That's great. Yeah. Here, Each box like, includes one of 20 AR cards. I have to, like, fucking fly all the way across the country to E3, yeah. but they're probably going to give me, like, two lousy cards for that. I actually have some from last E3 that supposedly work with the finished game. Oh, so. look at that. Yeah. Collectors value. Game. They, they will be up on eBay by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put them up on eBay the day the game comes out, I bet you make at least $50. <laughs> 
I don't know if we'll get that task early. But yeah, I mean, that's the AR cards in the game. I think the game looks really cool outside of that, but I think I might be alone on that on this show. No one else seems to really care. I am waiting for the reviews. Well, uh, I, I should... I should be getting the review copy um, any day now, so I'll let you know. And I'll, we'll probably I, be talking about it next week. I, I'm interested in... I feel like it could be really good, but I feel like it's... I don't know. Like I feel like there's a chance there might be like some major problem with it. There, There is definitely a hit or miss potential with this game. Yeah, indeed. But if enough I, of the people I trust like it, I may end up getting it. Yeah, and the multiplayer might be pretty cool. It's supposedly like third-person Smash Brothers. And you can turn into Shrimp Tempura. There is, there is a, Look, there is a Tempura wizard. Smash Brothers Part of me. work. Yeah, it does that work. Well, basically, <laughs> it's just a zany action game. Oh. my! Uh, a part of me is interested in it because the last trailer they showed, like, it started out looking like, oh, yeah, this is what, like, a modern Kid Icarus game would look like. But then it got, like, fucking crazy Devil May Cry looking. Like, this, yeah. like, this one dude who's, like, totally looks like he was designed by some Capcom artist who doesn't yep. play in the game at all. But somehow, I love that. How, why is he there? I don't, I have to find these yes. answers to these questions. This story is so ridiculous. That's always been my main appeal to this game from this first trailer with the terrible and cheesy voice acting. Is that, like, I just think the story is going to be hysterical. And it seems like there's going to be a lot of humor in this game and a lot of, like, self-referential stuff. Yeah. Um. They, they, yeah, they do have the it's latest trailer stupid. that came out. Yeah, the the latest trailer that came out today does actually have, like, tons of stupid jokes in it. Oh, God, now I have to watch that. I haven't watched yeah. that yet. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you a, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes, and uh, I'll I'll show you the link after we finish recording. It, it's fucking hysterical, some of the stuff. There is a tempura wizard, and he turns you into shrimp tempura, and if you don't get away from him, he'll eat you. Oh my god, what if there's a whole bunch of different wizards? Because, like, obviously the eggplant wizard. Yeah. But, like, I so mean, what he's if definitely there's back. Like, but what if there's, like, a legion of food-based wizards in this game? That would game? be amazing. Like that, oh, god, I have to get it now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, yep. So, uh, the, the next news we got is uh, there was a big eShop announcement. It's kind of weird, because traditionally, we usually just find out about, like, the games either the week before or the day it comes out. But now it seems like both North America and Europe are doing the thing that Japan always does, which is, you know, basically at the beginning of a month, let you know what's coming out. So coming out this week, we had Punch-Out uh, for Virtual Console, uh, which I got, but I haven't actually played yet. I just downloaded it before I left the work. The one game they should have made a 3D classic. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah, I mean, uh. Uh, it's still Punch-Out and it's portable, and I love me some Punch-Out, so yeah. I'll begrudgingly play it, but yeah. Uh, the other game that came out today is Fun Fun Mini Golf Touch, which is from Shinen. We have a review up on the site. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Shit, the guys it. who make all the shmups? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I made a golf game. That's great. Yeah, they made a WiiWare. It's, it's a, I guess a sequel slash remake of a WiiWare game that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're both out, uh, today when we're recording, March 8th. And next week, we will have the three Game Gear games, um, so that'll get all launched. It'll be Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, which will be $5, Shinobi, which will be 4 and Dragon Crystal, which will be 3 And Dragon Crystal is apparently some sort of roguelike. I have zero interest in that game. Ugh, I hate roguelikes. But Shinobi and, Shinobi and Sonic the Hedgehog might be pretty fun. I think Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble is the best Game Gear Sonic game. I'm excited about this because I had a Game Gear as a kid. I was... That was my first non-Nintendo system, it's a tough to admit. Um, and I liked it, like, a lot. 
but it burned through batteries insanely fast and eventually ended up selling it to buy like a couple, like a Super Nintendo game or something. (laughs) And I think I've said this before, but I saw Game Gear at uh, the comic shop one time. I forgot how friggin' huge they are. Oh, it's massive. They are giant and they eat batteries like candy. Yes, six AA batteries and it ran for like, I think maybe four hours. It was, it was the least portable thing I ever owned. I don't think, I think I may have like played it on one trip and then I would just play, I had a, and an AC adapter for it, so I just play it at home and plug it into a wall. Yeah, so, I played with it a lot in the car because my parents bought the car kit thing for it. Oh yeah, car adapter. We, we had, had a car wall. kit for the Perfect. Game Boy. Yeah, but like the funny thing is, I had that and I barely used it because the battery life was so amazing. Yeah, Game Boy had great battery life. Oh, it's by a, comparison, sure. The key of all electronic devices, the statistic that no one looks at, but everyone really needs to know about. That is true. Yep. Um. So the other stuff that we found out about is that uh, Quetzal's Corridors, which I mentioned earlier, uh, the sequel to Through Space, which is a WiiWare game. It's kind of like one of those, like, I guess, like, hole-in-the-wall things where, like, you're moving a Tetris block and you need to get it so it goes through, like, a hole in a yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Aaron, uh, I was just talking to him about playing... You mean, like, the keys, like, the keys in Skyward Sword? Yeah, sure. Oh, or that one Depends mode on. in Tetris uh, 3D. I thought yeah, the keys yeah, and Skyrim like stupid. But um, stupid apparently it's basically like through space, but it's like in some kind of like Mayan setting. There's uh, apparently multiplayer for both single and uh, multi-card. Or I guess it's a download game, so there are no cards. But So that seems all nice and cool. It's already out in Japan. Um, it's one of those games that has like four different names. Uh, <laughs> like a, a different one in each region. In Europe, it's called Speed Through... Potzel's Puzzle, and God. in Japan, I think it's called Through Space or some Japanese approximation of that. Um, the next game that we Super know about, and that, one, that one's set time. for, I believe, Quetzal's Corridors, I believe, is set for an April release. It's the next Nintendo published slash developed eShop game. Right. Uh, the next thing on this Wait, what release is the list, that one again? Quetzal's Corridors. Oh, that's the same one. Oh, okay. Yeah. The next one is Zombie Slayer Dio, which is from UFO Interactive, who made Samurai Sword Destiny for eShop, which Zach reviewed and did not have that many kind words to say. No. That is coming out on March 22nd, and it's a rhythm game that stars a samurai guitarist who has to time his button presses to slay zombies. And you didn't like it? Oh my god, excellent. Well, we, we, it's, it is, it is, yeah, it was the first game that these guys made for eShop. That I want to play. Yeah, the concept of this game is absolute dynamite. However, from videos that I've seen, I can't say I'm too excited for it, but I'll definitely I'll pay attention to it when it comes out to see if it's worth getting, because the concept is wonderful. Let me tell you, it can't be any worse than that sword hero crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, another thing that we found out about was Arc Style Soccer 3D, which was a launch game in Japan. And, I mean, that's a soccer game from Arc System Works. It's coming out in March or April. Apparently there's multiplayer, and you can take pictures of yourself and put them on characters. Mm, great. Uh, and the final game that we found out about was Colors 3D, which is coming out in April. And that is basically Swap Note, but better, because you have a lot more control over the stuff that you create. You can do different layers. You have a lot more, like, colors that you can use and tools and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it should be pretty cool. The only but no, it's, should... uh, is that, like, a, like a paid app kind of thing? Yeah, that's the only thing, is that I think yeah, it's... Yeah, no one's going to use it. Six <laughs> bucks. 
But, I mean, it's got all this online sharing stuff, too, so... I think it might be pretty cool. It just unfortunately costs money. Six, to say six bucks? I think it's six bucks. Oh, my not God. Why would, they not, why would they not price it at two as low as the eShop goes, right? You need to price that at $2. Yeah. Who's going to buy that for six? Yeah. Swap Note is free. You can't price <laughs> it at six dollars. No one will buy that. <laughs> and the last thing uh, with this eShop stuff is that Rhythm Thief will get a demo on April 19th. Um, we still have no idea when this game is coming out in North America. It looks fantastic. I'm and interested. I, and, I, and I guess that kind of means that it, it'll probably come out at the end of April. It's coming out in the beginning of April in Europe. It's already out in Japan. There's that off chance it could come out before, but a lot of these demos seem to be coming out right before the games hit stores. Mm-hmm. So That's I would think true. it's coming out on April 19th, and maybe we'll see it either that... that, that the week before, the Thursday yeah. before, yeah. Yeah. Which is like April 24th or something. I'm not even sure. So that's all the eShop news we got. Seems to be pretty cool. I mean, it doesn't (coughs) mention everything, and they say that this is just a sample. So hopefully we'll get stuff like Wario Land uh, before this month is out. Man, are you telling me? -hmm. Where the fuck Um, is Wario Land? Whatever whatever game came out last... Okay, here's a little rant for me. I don't want every week to have an NES game. That's already available on the Wii Virtual Console, and we already have. Or at least have that be the only thing. That's right, really my, I mean, okay, like, that's true. this this week, this week I'll give it a flyer. You know why? Because we got a new eShop game, and I'm, I, I might not be running out to buy the mini golf game, but we got a new eShop game and an NES game. I didn't like, I think it was last week where it was, or no, I, I think, no, last week was just Metroid, which is just like, come on, dude, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants that shit anyway. I, I, yeah. Can I go on a side rant of, I already own these games on my Wii, why the fuck yeah. do I have to pay you again for them? Yeah. Yep. Like, if I buy an app on my iPhone, I don't even have to download it on my iPad. This shit just does it, like, automatically. <laughs> like, <laughs> they want me to have my purchases available in all locations, and Nintendo is like, oh, you paid us $6 on Wii, guess what, now you're paying us 4 on 3DS. Suck it. <laughs> you want to play it on the go again? Uh-uh, you're paying me up. All also, right, the original so, Metroid is terrible, and nobody should play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yeah, The only reason why I have that on my system is because it was free. Yes, me too. Um, Although it's probably so more I... playable now with the save state. Although not yeah. really. Because you still don't have a map. You and, still have a map. It's although you could just do a save state at that miraculous time where you're at 100% health. So that you could <laughs> just go back to that instead of dying and having to farm for health for like uh, 20 minutes. the worst. Um, the last news that we have is that Renegade Kid, the guys who developed Mutant Muds, uh, teased a new eShop game that seems to be called Bomb Monkey, and you appear to be a monkey who throws bombs in some sort of puzzle game. Um, I know Aaron was saying that this looks like it might be somewhat similar to Wario's Woods, which (laughs) I would, I would be so happy if that were true. Man, I haven't played that shit in years. I never played it. I, I really enjoy that game. I missed a lot of games, apparently. A lot of people, a lot of people just missed Warriors Woods. I would not uh, feel like you are in the, you are missing out on it. Like it's a great game, but a lot of people seem to miss it. It was a late NES game. I think it was actually yeah, the, the last, last NES, NES game. game, and it also came out on Super Nintendo. But I've never played the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, I think it's the same, basically the same game. With yeah, I think prettier. there's like some tweaks. It's got like Birdo, but I think Birdo's a weird. Oh no, no, no Wario's purple in this game. What? Yeah. 
This is I, I guess think, Wario had never been in color at that point. Yeah, yeah since so. it was just on Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and that is all the news that we have. Sweet. Um, I guess I I got a few business things once again to remind everyone. On Friday, April 6th at 10 a.m. in the Arachnid Theater, Scott, Lauren, and I will be hosting a round of Connectivity Jeopardy live at PAX I hate you so much. Don't be so excited. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm nervous. Y'all should I'm, excited. Go. I'm writing questions. Yes. And and Zach and Mike should, are working on questions. You should tell me about that. You should tell me what you're writing. Uh, yeah, well, I would, <laughs> but I haven't written any yet. Oh, cool. <laughs> And the other business stuff that I got is we started a forum thread for a new feature that will be a site feature and also have some factor on connectivity. Um, we're basically doing like an NWR game club that will be uh, each month we'll kind of Site-wide, focus on a game. Baby. People will, I mean, you know, we'll discuss it in the forums. We'll have a segment on connectivity about it. And we'll also have articles and features that are kind of centered around that game. The list right now that we have for, for voting is A Boy and His Blob, the Wii version, House of the Dead Overkill, yes. Silent Hill Shattered Memories, Let's Tap, and the lone DS one is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Ironically, didn't plan this. They all came out in 2009. Oh my god. You guys are going to make me buy that fucking House of the Dead game. I almost bought it like years ago. Dude, you need to just... And if, just... if I have an excuse to buy it, I'm going to fucking buy it right away. Well, then I will have to rig this and hope it wins. The same, yes. way, the same <laughs> thing will happen if you pick a boy's blob, because I was like... I think I, held, I think I held that in my hand at Best Buy once and almost walked out of the store with it. Man, we need to get a strategy RPG up and on this up no, on this list so up, that dude. it automatically <laughs> wins and I don't have to participate. I wouldn't participate in it because I would not have, like, forever in a year to play the game before we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing. Um, I think I'll, I'll give this tease to you connectivity listeners, but when we were talking about this, we toyed with making May's game Xenoblade. Um, but who knows if that'll happen or not. But, no, uh, we toyed with making no. this one um, Majora's Mask for a while, but, like, <coughs> no one ha- who has the time to sit down and play all Majora's Mask in, like, a week and a half or however long we have to yeah. play it? Hell, I still have but, to play Skyward Sword. But I mean, that's that's part of the idea. of This is that we're we're doing the voting right now. Uh, we're in the you know the first week of March, so the voting we we'll know what game we're playing by March fifteenth. Yeah. And it'll basically all the features and everything. It, this is partially to give us time to kind of prep content, but all the features will be running during April. So you know you you got about a month and a half to play it. Although, then. Hopefully, if if we actually do do another month, we'll find out what that game is by you know mid to late April. So there might be some overlap, but if I mean that that way, if there's a game and you're not really into, you can just skip it and wait for the next one. Or if there's a game you're really excited for, you can dive into it. Um, and uh, we'll have some sort of nominations thread pretty soon. Can I talk about something real quick? Uh, Metal Gear Three is awesome, no matter what system you play it for, and you should all buy it somehow and play it. But if you buy it for the 3DS, uh, you're going to need that CirclePad Pro, which I paid it basically, It's for. basically unplayable without it. The, have you played the game? I played the demo, but like the demo doesn't really give you a grasp of like the controls that much because it's so slow. There are certain boss fights that I don't think could be won without the CirclePad Pro. I would imagine the one with the end. The end and the fear. Which one's yeah, the fear? I, the fear is the spider dude. Game. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. Oh, you haven't played this game, Neil? 
No, no he's never played it. Actually, I, I own the 3DS game, but it's still the Wait till you get to the fucking end. Not the end of the game. I mean, the boss right. fight against this guy named the end. The boss fight, I, mean, I think, I think I sat in front of the television for three hours in that boss fight, and it was the... I didn't have to play it a lot. That was once. It took me three hours to beat him once. How did it take you three hours? You can trip over him every once in a while by no, accident. No, it wasn't three hours. It wasn't three hours. Okay. It was probably it was probably about at least thirty minutes though. That is easily my favorite fight in the game. It's I mean, the I've, I've heard a lot about this game, like so, like a lot of the story stuff. I already know what happens. Oh, but the story um, in Metal Gear does not matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've heard the, the ending of it is, is pretty poignant. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to dive into it. It's just that I, I still have that kind of barrier because people always talk about how friggin' obtuse the Metal Gear Solid games are. Because my first yeah. experience to the series was Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes. And then I played Metal Gear Solid 2 a couple years after that. And Those two are the most, um, oh, Metal yeah. Gear Solid 2 is insanely obtuse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, I, I only got halfway through them. Metal Gear Solid 2 before I just kind of, like, stopped like Halfway through when it gets to all that, like, shit, like, the lale lule low, and it's like, wait, yeah. but every time they say that, they really mean Patriots? Like, I don't understand what is going on. Oh, my God, my brain. <laughs> but then it's all, it all they tell you everything in 4. Yeah, four still pretty obtuse. Oh, yeah. And well, then, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to crack this game open. I mean, I've never played it before, and I figured the 3DS one seemed to be an ideal time to jump on and play it, because I play my 3DS quite a lot, and, I mean, while it doesn't seem completely like a portable game, I'm more apt to play it as a portable game than I would buy Oh, it totally like, is. I mean, I don't think I'd go buy this HD collection, and I probably wouldn't bust out my PS2 at this point, so. I actually, I have the HD collection, and that game looks phenomenal in HD. I believe Holy it. It was, it was a late crap. PS2 game. It was supposed it to be a PS3 game. It looked amazingly good for a PS2 game. Yeah. And they yeah. cleaned, and, and the HD version is 60 frames per second all the time, so you don't have those little, those little frame skips during cutscenes. Oof. Looks phenomenal. Yeah, I think back on it, I, I remember seeing the first trailers for it at, I was at the E3 that they unveiled it at, and I remember watching the trailer for it on like one of those fucking giant LCD jumbotrons that yes. every booth has, but it was like a really nice one though, and they had a Konami, and it was just like, this isn't, like, this is a PlayStation 2 game? It was supposed to be a PS3 game at a time, but I think the PS3 kind of got delayed or something happened, and then that it ended up being a PS2 game. And Metal Gear Solid, actually, Metal Gear Solid 2 was the same way. Like, it was like a really, really early PlayStation 2 game. When people saw it, they were like, oh my god, this is like an amazing video game system. Yeah. yeah. And then same thing with Metal Gear 4, actually. Like, that game yeah, still games looks are, really good. Those guys, yeah, those guys are graphical like beasts. Well, I mean, be. they did have the, the new Fox Engine stuff where... They had the picture of a real office and then the rendered office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could not that. tell. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, um, Neil, definitely crack that game open. I mean, if, if you need some pointers on how to uh, how to not get too frustrated, I can give them to you. But, damn, that's a good game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's more, I mean, it's been a time factor, too. Because I got it off Amazon because, you, you know, I had credit, and then I got $10 credit that I used for SSX. It was a great idea. We need to speak about, man, we need to record that SSX segment, but I will just say briefly that if you like SSX, the new SSX, um, barring about a third of the tracks, which are utter shit, um, the rest of the game is, like, blissfully good. It's like a Mario Kart game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. I would, I would it is, actually. That, yeah. that makes me feel better. That makes my opinion of SSX feel better, because every time I play it, I'm like, this is so good, but this other part of it makes me really there, sad. I mean, <laughs> I was, I, there were some parts of that game that I just wanted to 
break my system. And then my system did break, so maybe I did break it. You willed your PlayStation 3 to break yes. But, I mean, there were so many parts of that game that I just enjoyed so much. The one thing, I mean, you know what, I'll, I'll stop, because uh, I think Scott's going to get the game sometime soon, and then we'll yeah. have a nice little post-game segment on SSX and why it's awesome. But, yeah, nice. uh, that's that's the news. And a bit more. And a bit more. <laughs> So now we're going to do something different. It's, uh, I guess, kind of an evolving Game of the Year segment, titled Pending. Uh, uh, I mean, we'll take suggestions if you want to send them over to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. We love it when you do that. I mean, not just this, but just in general. But what we're going to do is look at the games that have come out so far in 2012. Uh, we're primarily going to focus on January and February. We're recording this in March, and I guess there's a few things that have come out, but we're, we're going to focus on that. We will include March in a later one. And what we're going to do is I've got Zach Miller. Hello, hello. And Patrick Barnett. Hello, everyone. Uh, they're with me, and the three of us are going to plan to... We're, we're going to hash out a top five of the games that have come out so far. And every month, or every other month, we haven't really decided... We're going to go back and revisit that list and add or tweak it in any way we want to. Like, maybe a, maybe there's a game we really liked at the beginning of the year, but then as time wore on, we didn't like it as much. Or or maybe something like, for example, I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3D yet, so it's not on my list. But I'll probably play that soon. Maybe it'll blow me away, and then I'll jump up on my list. Um, so how we're going to start this off is uh, the three of us each have a list, and we're just going to go through that list. So let's start with Zach. Hi. Hi. My uh, list is exceedingly short. That is okay. Because uh, I played more games in 2011. But here it is. Resident Evil Revelations is at the top. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3DS is next. And Mutant Muds is number three. All right. How about Patrick? All right, I guess I should start at the top, too. Unlike Zach, I have uh, five on mine. Mutant Muds That's at the right. top. Resident wow. Evil Revelations. Yes. Zen Pinball 3D. Tales of the Abyss, and then coming in at number five is Rhythm Heaven Fever. Mm. All right, so my list is Mutant Muds, Resident Evil Revelations, uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever, Zen Pinball 3D, and Tales of the Abyss. All right, our lists so, are quite similar there, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much just, just like one. Like some of them were switched. That's about it. Um. So I guess the one thing that's common with this, and I think we might be able to kind of pick our number one kind of easily, um, it, it's between Resident Evil or Mutant Muds. So, I mean, obviously, Patrick and I think that Mutant Muds is number one, but, Zach, why do you think Resident Evil is better than Mutant Muds? Because um, it's longer than three or four hours? No, uh, because I love Resident Evil, and, uh, and Mutant Muds is incredibly short, even though it's good. 
Uh, <laughs> I've spent more time with Mutant Mutes than I have Resident Evil. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. And Resident Evil has raid mode, which is uh, so very addictive. So you're kind of putting more of that weight on the, the, the multiplayer feature. Also, Jill Valentine um, is in. She does have that uh, dat ass. Dat ass, yep. So, uh, yes, I am, I am putting Revelations on top because I feel it's a, a fuller game, but also has that addictive multiplayer, and I will never touch Mutant Muds again now that I've beaten it. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, maybe I will in two years when I've forgotten, forgotten all about it, but, you know, eh, I'm done See, now. I, I think I might be in kind of that same way in how I just said before about, you know, a game that I really liked at the end of the year that might fall down the list. Unfortunately, Mutant Muds might be that kind of game because... Now that you say that, I don't know if I'll ever play it again. Because I, I mean, I'm 100% of that bitch. Um, Me too. I, I enjoyed yeah. every every second of it. I mean, I, I plunked eight hours into it, which I think you would call blasphemous, but it's it's factual <laughs> and correct. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever touch it again. Whereas with Resident Evil Revelations, yes, currently I've played it less than Mutant Muds, but I've got a lot more of that game to play. I, I feel like I barely scratched the surface with Rain Mode. I still haven't finished the campaign. Yeah. For me, I haven't even touched raid mode yet, so maybe that would actually bump Resident Evil up above Mutant Muds. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess Patrick, why would you have Mutant Muds above Resident Evil, or or would you would you change it at all? Um, currently, I'd still keep Mutant Muds above it. Um, for Mutant Muds, I played it two days straight, eight nine hours, just like you, Neil, and I, I thought it was really addictive. And the one thing I keep coming back to the uh, soundtrack. I found it online. I it's love really the music good. in that game. Yeah, it just—I mean—it fits so well with that that style of game too. You people need to link me to that. I mean, I, I just listened to it in the game. I actually haven't listened to it outside yeah. of the game yet. The other day, I was driving somewhere and I left my 3DS open in my car just so I could hear that music. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It was very good. All right, so I mean, Resident Evil or Mutant Muds—that that is the competition right now for number one. And Did I think we... we all know it's Resident Evil. I mean, I, 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 I'm torn. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Whenever we do this again, hopefully I'll have touched raid mode, and then maybe I'll have a better opinion. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, 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 I'm thinking, I'm thinking we put Resident Evil at number one and Mutant Muds at number two. Fine, Patrick. That's fine. All right. Sounds so like now we have our number one is Resident Evil Revelations. Our number two is Mutant Muds. Yeah. Now, number three, um, for Zach, his number two was Metal Gear Solid 3D. And then for, for me and Patrick, we had Rhythm Heaven Fever was my number three, and Zen Pinball 3D was Patrick's. Yeah. Now, I guess, I mean, Zach, you really only have Metal Gear Solid 3D, so I guess that's pretty much the only thing you're going to be fighting for for the rest of this. Personally, I don't think that deserves to be over Rhythm Heaven or Zen Pinball, or Probably Tales not. of the Abyss for that matter. It's or not I guess, an original title. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's between Rhythm Heaven and Zen Pinball for number three, I think. Um, would anyone Zen disagree Pinball. with Zen Pinball is what we, what we want to go with? I mean, Patrick, I assume you would agree with that because you already have it at number three. Yeah, um, Zen Pinball was just, I thought it was really addictive. I, I can't even remember how much time I put in that, but you guys remember I was, uh, number one in the States on the one table. I was very proud. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the kind of game that I'll go back to a lot, too. I think Zen Pinball yeah. 3D is, is just a fantastic game to have on the system. It's something you can just break out whenever and, and just looks, play a quick round. It looks fucking awesome in 3D. Yeah. And I think those guys are making uh, they're making the Marvel Pinball game. Yeah. Uh, so that and should maybe, be coming. Maybe DLC tables for yeah. Zen Pinball? 
I, I would really love that. I mean, I, I really think it's a great game. It's a fun pinball game. So well, I guess one thing uh, that was bad about it, um, some of the tables were a little lackluster. I found myself only really playing one of them. Yeah, I played Excalibur and yeah. the End of the World board. The other two yeah, I was those, not those really were the too two crazy about. But even still, I mean, I, I put a bunch of time into everything there. Yeah, it was I still, still that good game. overall. You should really definitely pick it up. That game. <laughs> just, just go buy it after this. I know, I will. All right, so I, I think that's that's our number three. And then uh, for four and five, we've got three games to go into two spots. we got Rhythm Heaven Fever, Tales of the Abyss, and Metal Gear Solid 3D. <laughs> Metal Gear? Only I mean, I disagree. I, I don't give a crap about most RPGs. And I'm not a big Tales guy. See, that's kind of where I feel like I'd be, too. Um... I think you know, Tales of the Abyss is a game where if you're into it, you're into it, and if you're not, you're just not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So far, i put a couple hours into it, and I'm not super sold on it. It's a Tales game, but it's it's a very good Tales game. I can give it that. Um, But yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd lean towards Rhythm Heaven, personally, but that's because I think Rhythm Heaven deserves to be commended in some way. And it's also a fantastic game. Yeah, it is. Although it is, it is kind of balls hard. I just got, I just finished Remix 10 in Rhythm Heaven the other night. Wow, it was hard. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a very fun game. Zach, where do you stand on Rhythm Heaven games? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Did you play any of them? Did you play the DS one at all? No, but but I've seen them played, and and I've watched video, and I just don't care. What's that the like? I mean, there's one where, like, you, like, yeah, kick a yeah. weasel. Or, no, you, yeah. you want to protect the weasel by kicking sports balls away yeah, from it's him. It's like WarioWare with following the beat. Yeah? And you know what? I'm not a big WarioWare guy. I like the WarioWare on the on the uh, Ambassador games. Haven't liked any of the other ones. I thought the WarioWare Wii game was pretty good. I did, too, the multiplayer, and that was fantastic. Yeah, I, re- I remember sitting around with, like, seven or eight people playing the one minigame. Yeah, I but think at, have, at one point I... to unlock that mini Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I don't know. I need to play... I can't I can't put time into other Wii games that are not Zelda right now, so... <laughs> Maybe um, I should play that. Yeah. Um, Neil, in Rhythm Heaven, did you get to try out the multiplayer? No, actually, I did not. Um, um, I got to I got to play that with my brother, and that was actually pretty. It, it was like the mini game, or like each rhythm game, but it kind of split the uh, music up between two different parts, where sometimes the one player would do something, and then the other player would take over in the middle of the rhythm. That sounds kind of cool. How many yeah. uh, How many games are multiplayer enabled? There was only like nine of them. That ah, was the that kind of sucks. Yeah. That sounds like it could get really kind of weird. Like, the next guy has to be right on it, doesn't he? Yeah, um, Neil, you played the one with the monkey, um, monkey with watch? the tambourine. No, oh, no, 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 okay, okay, yeah, the yeah, ta- yeah, the tambourine. Like, that one, like, one player had to play the first four notes, and the second player had to play oh, the man. other four notes. That sounds mm-hmm. brutal, but a lot of fun. I yeah, mean, that's that the thing, fun. is that that game is very brutal, but it is a ton of fun. I mean, isn't it cheap? Yeah, it's 30 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Four and five. This is tough. <laughs> uh, Patrick, would you would you have any inclination for putting Metal Gear Solid 3D on this list? I have 
zero interest in putting that on the list. <laughs> All right. So, so Zach it's has a tough call. so Zach has zero interest in putting Tales of the Abyss on the list. None. Uh, do you have any interest in putting Rhythm Heaven on this list? Sure. I think Rhythm Heavens are number four. It, it is think. a Wii game, and it did come out in 2012. Yeah. We so need to celebrate that. this. So Rhythm Heaven is number four. Excellent. Um, to recap, as uh, we get near the end of this segment, it looks like it's not going to be too long. Um, we got Resident Evil Revelations at number one, which came out in February. Mutant Muds uh, is number two. That's an eShop game for Renegade Kid. Zen Pinball 3D is number three, and that is uh, an eShop game from Zen Studios. And Rhythm Heaven Fever is a Nintendo game. It's a Wii game. And number five, it's between Tales of the Abyss or Metal Gear Solid 3D. Metal Gear? What's your argument for Metal Gear, Zach? They're they're both PS2 ports. Yes, here's my argument for Metal Gear. Uh, If people have not played it, they need to, and this is an excellent way to do so. It is one of the best games I've ever played from a storyline perspective, and the subsistence port, which this is a port of, uh, or the subsistence version, which this is a port of, is the best way to play it, the most playable version, and holy crap, it's a good game. Oh my gosh. My one it problem makes is... me tear up at the end, all right? That's how good it is. <laughs> it my one warms is basically... my cold, cold heart. It's basically unplayable without the Circle Pad Pro you said. That, that is true. That, yeah, that is a big really... detriment. Yes, yeah. it is. But you know what it's not? It's not Tales of the Abyss. <laughs> but that plays fine without the Circle Pad Pro. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let, let's put it this way. If, say... It has a one-eyed snake popping out of your screen at you. If... if... For both of these games, let's let's say the one that you guys are championing that that misses the list. Would you think that you would bring it back up to get on the list in say two months? After, after I feel like Kid that Icarus comes up. out. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. <coughs> I mean, I had Tails pretty far down on my list to begin with, so it might just get bumped off. Yeah. Assuming well, I mean, Kid Zach, Icarus how about you? Would uh, what Metal Gear? Do you think if, if that were to get kicked off here, would you consider bringing it back later? I'd consider it if nothing else came out. Like, <laughs> I, I assume that, like, at the end of the year, when we are deciding our top ten list, this won't be anywhere near the top. So, here, here's, uh, I'm going to look for, actually, here's what I'm going to do. I actually found this, uh, kind of got lost with the review copy. I'm going to do a live taste test. Uh, there was a, a Tales of the Abyss... Um, like the little, the, oh. what are they called? <laughs> Valentine candy yeah, hearts. Yeah, like the Valentine what? candy hearts. <laughs> I remember seeing pictures. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to open this. This will be a live taste test. Wow. I mean, it'll probably just taste like stale sugar. Um, but I'll flip one of them in the air. Oh, heads, okay. heads, uh. It seems biased because it's a Tales of the Abyss <laughs> product. This is, uh, it, it says Guy's name on it. I um, find it funny. They have characters' names on it. Be- before you do this, Neil, this sounds very familiar to our uh, 2011 game of the year. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is kind of my default thing. Just, oh yeah, because you guys are fighting over Pushmo and Mighty Switchboards. Right? <laughs> yep. All right, so I'm gonna flip this we thing in the air. If it lands, if it lands on Guy, Tales of the Abyss is number five. If it lands on the stuff with no writing on it, then Metal Gear Solid is number five. Excellent. All right, hold on. 
His name is Guy? How unoriginal can you get? It landed on Guy. All right, yes. <laughs> now I'm going to eat this as I write down that Tales of the Abyss is our number five game Although so far in 2012. Snake's name is Jack, so that's not original either. Well, there's also, what, Eon, or whatever, Ion, Ion Luke, Fang. Jade. Or, or is it, no, not Fang. Um, Jade, yeah. What's the one? Teal. All right. This is pretty <laughs> sugary. Feels <laughs> stale. Yeah, yeah, that's what I expected. <laughs> Here you have it, folks, a live tasting of some <laughs> crappy candy that came with a 3DS thank you, uh Thank you, Namco Bandai, for providing us with the means to solve this dilemma. It <laughs> worked out for you, because your game is still on the list. Somehow still on top. Yep. Yep. Um, so do we want to mention any other games that came out in 2012 that aren't on the list, but we, we feel is worth mentioning? No. <laughs> All right. That's can can we go Wait. Nintendo games that came out in 2012? Actually, yeah, let's do that. How about everyone uh, mention one? We'll, we'll keep on this list. We'll do one Nintendo game. Mine okay. would be NFL Blitz. Really? I've heard... It came out for Xbox Live Arcade and PSN or SEN. I think it was, was saying that was shitty. I honestly, it's the most fun I've had multiplayer in a sports game since Sega Soccer Slam. Really? And other than that, ever. Uh, NFL Blitz... Um, it's it's brilliant. It's amazing. You still do late hits. You can't do late hits. That oh. is the one detriment. But I mean, just the game is so smartly made. There's there's a lot of depth to it that might not be apparent at first. And even the AI seems pretty smart because, for example, um, my friends and I, after just playing the the multiplayer for a while, we've been working our way through Blitz Gauntlet, which is how you unlock all the crazy teams. Mm. Like is there's it still robots. thirty yards to a first down. Yeah. Yeah, it's still all the same rules, it's just that no late hits, because the NFL is just like, hey, we can't support that. But the one thing that's really cool is that, like, while playing the AI, I've run into instances where it's like, I'll be running with my quarterback a lot, and then I'll notice that the AI will keep a guy around to spy the quarterback, and kind of prevent me from running. So it, it seems like it's pretty smart. I mean, it's made by Tiburon, it's made by the Madden guys, they know football pretty damn well, it was video game football. And it's a, it's a fantastic game. Hmm. My my number two right below this would be SSX, but I have enough issues with SSX that it can't top Blitz for me. Blitz is just sublime. I might have to I might have to get Blitz. I mean, definitely check out the demo. The demo, if I recall, I mean, you have you can play one half of a game with like something like eight different teams, and the Packers are on that list. So nice. But uh, yeah, uh, NFL Blitz would be my non-Tendo game of the year thus far. Cool, man. Do you guys got one? Um, I just wanted to bring up Final Fantasy XIII, too. Um, um, did either of you guys play Final Fantasy XIII? Really? Final I Fantasy thought about 13? it, um, and it's, it's pretty cheap now. I'm just, uh, now that my PS3 is actually in working order, I'd probably try to look for it for that. There was a while where I was thinking about picking it up on 360. I think there was a sale somewhere where it was like 15 bucks, and I almost got it, but then I kind of held off, and now it's hovering around 20 and I'm kind of waiting to see if I can find it for you know, 15 again, and then I might pick it up and try it out. Well, I wasn't a huge fan of Final Fantasy 13, but uh, Final Fantasy 13 too, it, like, improves upon everything that was wrong with the first one, and it actually cuts it down to a manageable length, because uh, the first one was around, like, 40 to 50 hours long, and this one's only, like, 18. So, that it was much nicer. Cool. I could get through the story and finish what I needed to finish. Did no. you feel shortchanged by the ending that just ends on a cliffhanger? Yes. It does? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think 
I think uh, it's for, it's for DLC. That's oh. what I'm not sure. Um, I guess spoiler alert. It just ends with a to be continued yeah. screen. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some other bad stuff happens right before it uh, pulls out the to be continued. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the leveling system was just different, and I enjoyed it more. Cool. Uh, Nintendo game for me, man. I've bought a lot of games this year, but I guess by default it's going to have to be Soul Calibur Five, even though I don't like it that much. <laughs> it's not a good Soul Calibur game. Well, that's part of the glory of this evolving list is that you know you might not be the biggest fan of the game that you, we're, we're listing now, right, but as the year goes out, you know the games that you know. For example, we were arguing over Tales of the Abyss. Let's put it this way: next time we do this, Tales of the Abyss is getting knocked off. There ain't no <laughs> no bones about it. Yeah. Unless you know, Kid just Icarus the, is just bad. Yeah. I mean, just or, Soul hey, Calibur. Mario Party 9. Mario Party 9. Yeah. It's just Soul Calibur 5. It's like, the your only options are the stupid arcade mode. Yeah, or, I heard there's no single player. Well, there is a single player. It's like a story mode, but it's shitty. Um, it's, like an, it's like an extended arcade mode um, with a terrible story. And then so what, online. What, what the hell is up with Namco Bandai? And these fantastically horrible single-player experiences. Because they did the same crap with Tekken 3D Prime Edition, where basically you have, like, a survival mode where it's basically really? you need to, like, fight five enemies in a row on one life bar, then 10, then 20, then 40, and then maybe even, like, 100 or something. Oh, and then there's just, like, you know, fight 10 guys and then see an ending. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I mean, the funny thing is that, like, the, the past games, Soul Calibur, like, in Soul Calibur 2, that's pretty much all I played was the damn single player. That was awesome. Yeah, there was a big, big single player mode. And there yeah. was a big single player mode in 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, not so much as, not as much in 4, but it was still there. And 5 is just like, whatever, we're just doing online modes now. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, Tekken 6, which was the previous Tekken game, that had the kind of thing where it just had this, you know, this kind of full-fledged beat-em-up game that was in it. And I mean, oh. I... I, I remember hearing it was kind of subpar, but even still, at least it's an attempt at something. Right. I mean, I think Mortal Kombat got it right. That seemed to pre have a pretty awesome single-player mode. I still have to play through that. I, I have it, but I actually, it, it was funny. Remember last year there was that buy two for $50 Toys R Us sale? Yeah. I bought Mortal Kombat and Portal 2, and I barely touched either one. I still need to play Portal 2. But, That's um, something I want to get. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is uh, our, our evolving Game of the Year segment. And uh, to recap, this is what we got. We got number one, Resident Evil Revelations. Number two, Mutant Muds. Number three, Zen Pinball 3D. Number four, Rhythm Heaven Fever. Number five, Tales of the Abyss. And our, our Nintendo games, mine is NFL Blitz. Patrick's is Final Fantasy XIII 2. And Zach's is Soul Calibur V. I hope you, uh, you all enjoyed our first edition of the Evolving Game of the Year podcast segment on connectivity. If you have any comments or if you think there's a way we could do this better, as there most likely is, you can let us know in the forum talkback thread and uh, and or you can email us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at at Enron10. I'm at Papatch15. I'm at ZMiller1902. Yeah, so um, you can let us know on Twitter and be like, Why'd you pick Tales of the Abyss? Zach was right. 
Um, it sure was freaking right. Yeah. <laughs> you may have been right in 2011, but not this time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it, and let us know what you think. Bye. Bye. All right, and that will do it for this week's episode of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, if you get a chance and want to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be lovely. And also, on the sidebar of the site, you can find the staff Twitter page. So if you'd like to follow all of us on Twitter, we do a lot of kind of bantering, and usually you'll find the uh, inception of a lot of our segments there as we just basically talk shit to each other. So uh, thanks for listening, and um, be sure to stick around after this outro for our bonus segment about the PlayStation Vita. We'll see you next week. Hello everyone, this is Dan Koopman, and we're here with a new thing for connectivity. I'm here with James Donson. Hi, hey. Hey, we're going to talk about the PlayStation Vita, which came out last week. Yeah, it came out last week in Europe and America, exact same day, February the 22nd. Um, we're going to give you an overview on the system, going to give our thoughts, talk about a bit of the games that came out for it. Um, and what we look forward to in the possible near future. So, to start with a bit of an overview on the system, um, it has a front-and-back touch. You have your dual analog sticks. Um, you have your usual buttons like a D-pad and the four buttons like the, the X, the circle, the, the square, and the triangle. Start, select. Um, all the things that the PlayStation would have. Um, still, the most interesting thing is, of course, the touchscreens and the analog sticks. Um, it's a very weird thing for a handheld to have. Um, in my personal experience, though, I actually really like the touchscreens. I actually really enjoy having those dual analog sticks here. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I love them. Uh, really, is this the first time a handheld's had two uh, dual analog sticks? I think it does, because I don't think it usually ha- would have worked on a previous handheld system. Yeah. Um, although you could say that, well, the Circle Pad Pro was yeah. first, but 
the Vita was first with the idea. Yeah. And let's put let's put it that way. The Vita was probably the reason that CirclePad Pro ever released in the first place. Well, I think that had more has to do with Capcom and wanting to put Monster mm-hmm. Hunter on it. But hey, yeah. let's skip that for now. Yeah. Um, because we're going to talk about a bit more about the Vita. Um, so to start with, to, so when you start up the system, you will see your UI, which is um. Very different from like the PSP and the, the PlayStation 3 um, cross-media bars. Um, all these little apps, they're, they're popped into little bubbles. Um, you click on them with the touchscreen, you can actually use the buttons, which I find a bit disappointing. Yeah, that really bothered me. Um, I didn't really want to use the uh, touchscreen very much because it caused, you know, you have fingerprints and everything on the system. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't understand why I can't just use the D-pad to even to change pages on the system. Yeah, that would be a bit easier with like a with a, a click on the D-pad or the yeah. or the what is it, the circle sticks. Um, but when you basically click on the app, um, you will see before you open it, it's uh, it's a bit different, uh, like a 3DS or like an iOS device. Uh, because when you click on the app, you will see this live area. And the live area will give you, like, little bits of information or direct things you can access from the app, or, like, an official website, or, like, uh, an option to update the app itself in the background. Um, you can click on a certain section of the app to, to again, directly go to the f- section of it, or go to the website, or just decide to just start up the app right from the get-go, and um, get a better feel for it. Um, I usually just like to start up the app because I usually get lost when I just get jumped into something. Yeah, um, I I actually like the live area on games like Hot Shots and uh, you know the actual games that you have. But when yep. the friends list and all that, I think that should just be immediate because it feels kind of disjointed making you have to click on it through the live area and have it load. Definitely. Um, yeah. That's something I want to mention as well. With like, with like the trophies or the friends list, yeah. they are separate apps on your system. And considering that on PlayStation 3 it was just system level, yeah, that is a bit odd. Yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest problems with the system right now. Yeah. And the same goes for things like, um, like the party or the group's messaging system. They are yeah. all separate things. And that makes it it makes it worthwhile, but it's disjointed in places. Yeah, another uh, another app that actually bothers me with that, and I, I'm not really bothered that it's a separate app. It's the browser, but I'm bothered that you can't play games while you open it. I mean, even the 3ds has the ability to do that. Yeah. Also, I don't really find the browser that really good. Yeah, I, I know because they they mentioned that they were working hard on it to make it usable. But it's yeah. actually uh, the 3ts browser is actually better than this one. Yeah. Well, I hope they don't take long with it because it took like the 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 PSP or the PlayStation 3 run like four years to be reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope they do a better job at that one at the very least. Oh yeah. Um. It's... But the more interesting thing, uh, let's go more over the actual new things it adds. So. When you first start up the Vita, you have the option to click into Welcomes Park or Welcome Park. Yeah. 
which is basically like a tutorial section. You can actually get some trophies out of there, <laughs> surprisingly enough, when you do the tutorials better or faster. Mm. Um, but it's actually quite an interesting thing to get you a little bit um, more familiar with the system, get a more arousing with the features. Although, uh, like two or one or two events of them are a bit like they're just a bit out there. Yeah. I've actually only uh, done the touch segment where you have to touch the numbers in order and the one where you take pictures of faces. Yeah. I've had the hardest time trying to find faces to take pictures of. The only thing that I was able to get to work was a picture of Pikachu. <laughs> I haven't found a single face that would recognize it. So it's uh, You have to find actual faces, and if you get a certain amount, you'll get a trophy even for it. But it's insanely difficult to do. Yeah. Um, another thing they introduce here is Nier. So, what Nier is, it's, it's sort of a street pass, but not really. Uh, but basically, street, what, I almost wanted to say street bus. What <laughs> Nier is, is that, um, you will have like a GPS connectivity which works overall better on the 3G. I'm using the 3G one for that one. Um, to scan your location, and uh, basically, um, it will find as much people as possible in your area and gives them like your friend information, what the games they are playing, and sometimes even a little thing for your games called uh, game goods. Yeah. Um, the system is, I suppose, okay implemented. Like I can find even people in my area, surprisingly enough, and I live in area where. I would say not many people would play video games, and I found like 15 people in my in the area in a radius of 10 kilometers. Yeah, I I actually have the same thing, but um, it says it says that there are 20 people in my area, but I can only actually see two for some reason. Well, that that depends on the certain app you decide to um, open on the on the selection screen, which I find a bit dumb. Yeah, because it's actually. I know. Um, I think the people on Player One were talking about how confusing Near is, and they don't—they actually don't understand what it's what it does, yeah. or how it does it. And it, compared to Street Pass, it is incredibly confusing. I, I find also the notion of like passing people a bit more endearing than finding them through a GPS. Yeah, and it also seems like sometimes when you check your location or update it, it doesn't find your exact location that well sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you can also see like like a wall, like a Facebook wall, all the activities of your friends, and sometimes you even get game goods through them, mm. um, which does entice you to check the the app also often. Yeah. Um, like I got a few ghosts for like um, for Wayman Origins, mm. and like a few parts for Mud Nation, which I can't use yet. But if I ever got Mud Nation, I could use those parts <laughs> and directly scan them into my game. It looks like it has, um, oh, what's the word? It looks like it, it actually, it may be good in the future. I mean, right now it looks like it's... it's the, I still find the information of it kind of poorly represented or yeah. presented in a way. Um, I would really hope that it would, like, update it a little bit. Yeah, it, it really like, needs to, make to be updated. Bit, yeah, to make it a bit more worthwhile because, again, on the system level, um, like many things on it, it's it's good but a bit disjointed. Um, 
that brings me to like the other apps like Photo Music. Like music actually supports custom soundtracks in your games. Yeah, I, I really like that actually. Yeah. It it's perfect for hot shots. Yeah. And the live area actually allows you to just start up music. You don't need to go in the app itself. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, it, it kind of makes you wonder why the Friends app is actually an app that you have to go to. Yeah. I still find it a bit weird and awful. Yeah. Um, I also like... Um, well, the the video compression on this thing is also really good. Yeah. Although you would get not much better life out of it for watching video, but uh, if you want to do it, it's again it's there. Um, with just the right tools in there, you can just have watch a full movie on there. And the screen is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Did we talk about how the gorgeous screen is? We didn't talk about. No, we didn't bring that up actually. Is. No, the screen is beautiful. Um, but. The final thing I want to mention about really the apps thing is like the content manager because how you access content to your PlayStation 3 or PC is also a bit weird. Yeah, it's another original PSP. You could just open up a folder and drag it in there. Now yeah. it's I don't want to say it's like iTunes because it's really not, but it. It makes you go through a list of things. Because I know I've tried to add pictures to my system. Mm -hmm. And I have to scroll so far down just looking for them. Because it won't let me go to the uh, specific folder that I have in my picture folders on the computer. Yeah. So I have to, it takes me a long time to find the ones I want. You need, yeah, you need to put in specific settings. And um, yeah. you can only access the content from your Vita, not from your PC. It's yeah. It's a bit weird. To be um, honest, I just prefer the way the PSP had it, where you just drag it into oh, a folder. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Although, it does give you direct taste of which videos and music is compatible, which is okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but enough about the system. Um, do you like it... Let, let's end it with a little bit. Do you like it better than the X and B? Um, no, actually. <laughs> I, I no, like I, it. Yeah. I, I like the idea of it, but it's... The whole bubble thing just it's it wants to be an iOS device or an Android, but it clearly isn't. Yeah, I know um, a lot of people didn't like the XMB, but I always yeah. thought it's probably one of the better UIs of a system. Um, yeah, uh, I was really worried about the uh, kind of the bubble touchscreen thing that the Vita has going on, and it, it's better than I thought it would be. But at the same time, I would have preferred just having the XMB on the system. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you check any apps, by the way, like Flickr or Twitter? Or yeah, I've actually been using Live Tweet, and it, it, it it's a really competent Twitter app. Um, I've also tr I've tried Netflix as well. Netflix works pretty well. Uh, the only app that's not working at the moment for me is Facebook. I'll, every time I click on it, I get an error. Yeah, same here. Um, I've been using the Twitter one also, and it XD works. It's a very reasonable app. It's a very decent one. Uh, it's very handy to use. Um, all the functionality seems to be built in right nicely. And you can have a nice overview of your conversa conversations on Twitter. It's uh, one of my favorite apps so far. Yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah. But um, enough about apps and system UIs. Let's yeah. talk about actual video games. 
Um, so what games have you been playing on the system here? All right, I got two games at launch, so I've I've picked up Hotshots Golf and Mutant Blobs Attack. Yeah. Um, Hotshots Golf is actually the first time I've ever played Hotshots uh, Hot game, and yeah. it's um, actually surprisingly good. Um, the reason I picked it up because I'm a pretty big fan of the Pena Golf series. It's an online game that you can play, and Pena yeah. is really just a rip off of Hotshots. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, it has uh, to me it has better character design and things like that. But otherwise, it, they're very similar games. And Hot Shots seems to do everything right. It's got a it's got asynchronous uh, multiplayer as well as multiplayer that you can play with other people. Um, gotcha. Uh, the asynchronous multiplayer is a daily international tournaments that allows you mm-hmm. to kind of compete for scores with people. And uh, everything works fine. I I, I love the game. Um, it's really good for passing the time. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the physics of the the golf goes, it all it all seems to work well. Uh, you know, you have wind that affects your ball and um, slope and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other the one the one thing about the game that I really enjoy is that there's a lot of unlocks as far as costumes and things for your characters. Um, mm-hmm. So it it seems like it would have a lot of time that. that uh, to put into it, the real—that's the real reason I ended up picking up because I wanted a game that had a lot of stuff that I can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, although my favorite of the launch titles that I picked up has to be Tales from Space: Mutant Blobs Attacks. I played it one too. I bought it one at your recommendation. Um, that's a very interesting one, actually. Could you talk about it a little bit? Um, yeah, it's a it's a platformer, but it has some almost Katamari uh, like qualities where you go around picking up items. Uh, yeah. For absorbing them into yourself, and you get bigger as you go. Um, it it has some high score uh, parts to it, where you know the more items you pick up, and the more there's like these blue dots that you can pick up as you go. Yeah, and uh, brings your high score up, and you know the score you can compete with other people for that. But the interesting thing about it is that it has um, these. It has it uses the touchscreen and the accelerometer at different parts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it doesn't feel forced like other games that I've heard. I've heard, you know, like Uncharted, the touchscreen elements feel really forced in that one. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. It, it actually feels really forced, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. they did a good job because usually the touchscreen is used for these platforms that you move around on the game. And they don't, they, they actually feel really good. And as far as with the game, uh, it, being a platformer, you have, uh, it's you have some interesting little um, elements with it, like uh, your character can actually almost act like a magnet, and you can reverse its p- polarity. And certain certain um, bar, uh, not bars, but pipes in the game and other platforms, uh, if you you can go towards it and away from it and propel yourself that way. And I, I you, really you like do that through the touchscreen, right? Um, no, I don't think that one. That uses the uh, the uh, left and right buttons. Okay. Yeah, it, it it actually works really well. And what surprises me about this game is I played the demo of the first game on PS3, and I wasn't really impressed. It could have just been a, as a bad demo, but this game really controls really well. And every every level is actually fairly long, maybe five to ten minutes for each yeah. level. And they all, I mean, it has really good humor. The story's pretty nice. The cutscenes are great. Um, oh yeah, the art in this game is probably the best I've seen on the system, other than Raymond Origins. I think. Yeah, 
So, so yeah. what do you, what do you think of it? Um, I, I just haven't played too much of it. I think I've played like six levels of it, and I thought I would get back to it later. Um, but I've been really digging it. It has been a really impressive little title. Um, um, I think it also uses like the little features of the Vita well, like the touchscreen in some places, um, just yeah. the, the, the sticks, the buttons. You get really a good sense of the system, and that's what most titles of the Vita are a bit lacking, like how to present the whole system well. And I found that Tales of Space was one of the better ones to do that. Yeah, it did a much better job than uh, something like Little Deviants. So. Definitely, it's also cheaper than Little Deviants. Yeah, for seven dollars. Well, it's either seven or eight. Um, it's it's, uh, it's seven euros over here, so I assume yeah. it's seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. it's a really good deal, and the game's actually fairly long. I I mean, I'm probably about seventy five percent through with the game. Yeah, but it's it's really good. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that people need to pick up regardless if they're gonna buy something at retail. Yeah. Um definitely it's something that should be considered. Another downloadable title that's actually a good tying to somebody else, a nice segue, mm-hmm. is uh Motorstorm R C. Yeah. Which is another uh downloadable title which I played a bit more of. Um which uh you basically if you buy the game which is seven dollars or seven euros. You actually get a PlayStation Free version and a Vita version, which from the get-go that's a good deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what you do, it's um, it's not necessarily a MotorStorm game. It's you you have a little RC car. You can set the controls yourself the way you like it. So um, you can put put it more to your own liking, really. Um, you have um, several challenges you need to compete in. You go for your best times. Uh, you fight against other little racers. Uh, you unlock stuff along the way. Um, it's a very enjoyable little title. It's um, it's a small racing game for on the go. It's um, yeah. it's well worth your money. Yeah, it's actually not out on the U.S. store yet. I think it comes out in March. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Which which is kind of odd because I was kind of looking forward to that game. It's really worth it. It's um, next to again next to uh, Tales of Space. Those two are the best downloadable titles I've played so far on my Vita, and and for both seven dollars, seven euros, you get something out of it. You know, there's one other I think one other downloadable title they released, and that was Stardust Delta, or Super Stardust Delta. Have you that's tried another, it? That's another. That's another good one. Yeah. Man, that's already a strong lineup of free games. <laughs> I, I uh, actually. Yeah. If just right. if you buy a PlayStation card and buy these free games, you have enough content for like a little while. Um, Stupid Dart, I still haven't played too much of that. I've been really focusing on those other two um, because um, of how of the just of the sheer quality that those two titles had, and um, I like competing scores, and that's what also those two games do. So. It keeps me going for a little while. Yeah, I, I was actually really looking forward to Super Stardust Delta, and that's part of the reason I ended up getting the uh, 3G launch bundle because it was, a, you know, if you activated your AT&T 3G data plan, you were supposed to get the game free. But it turns out that I have to wait a month until I can get the game for free. I actually will also get a game soon for registering my 3D 3D 3G Vita, which is Wipeout. 
Um, but I should be getting that in the upcoming week or so. I actually really enjoyed uh, Wipeout when I played it at GameStop. It, it felt kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of bland. Not There's not anything really special about it. But the game was actually pretty fun. Yeah. The, the only downloadable title we haven't talked about now at this point is... Um, what's the title called again? Um, um, Escape Plan. Yeah, Escape Plan. I haven't I, downloaded that one, though, yet. Um, when I They have a demo unit at our GameStop uh, in my town, and I played it there as well. It's, it's kind of interesting, but I... I couldn't really figure out what to do at first because you have to use both the back and front touchscreen to yeah. move your character. Uh, it's ba- it's a puzzle game, and you you're trying to guide your character through these areas that are kind of uh, these hazardous area areas. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it would be really nice. The art's really kind of cool. It almost has this um, kind of like a spy versus spy look to it. Nice, but. I, I was kind of confused on what to do because the back, when you touch the back touchscreen, I think there's either a, there's a different color line that comes up on the uh, screen and there's a different color line when you do the front. So I'm not really sure what the difference is. I think some puzzles you need to pop up panels from the back through the uh, behind touchpad. That might be it. Yeah, that you need to do some puzzles with both touchscreens later on in the game, so I heard. Um, but I'm not too sure about that. I think the only thing about that game I've really heard, though, is that maybe it's too short for the price. Yeah. Because I, I know it's it's one of the more expensive downloadable titles. It's uh, it's here, it's 11 euros and 25 euro cents. I, I think it might be 14.99 here. Um, I, That's I a can... bit odd. We have very different pricing on that title. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Let me, let me give it a check when we're talking. That's good. Um, while you're doing that, there's one more downloadable title, but that's um, like a pre a preview bundle exclusive for Europe, basically, which is Furbisher Says, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a WarioWare type game. Um, I would say that's also a very good game that would represent the system, but it's not available to the public yet. Yeah. Um, what you basically do is that you use the various buttons, uh, the touchscreen, the back, the back touch, uh, the cameras, to do these little assignments with a certain time range. And it's really, really funny. It's, it's really funny and quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes out, I don't know when, I would suggest giving that a look. Yeah. Um, and the final two games, um, like retail games I've been playing, is uh, Rayman Origins, which, um, like everybody else before me has told you, is a fantastic game. You should buy that. Um, and Luminous, which um, I'm just addicted to. There's just something... There have been several versions of that game on various different platforms, like on Xbox Live or Arcade and stuff. Yeah. But just something just feels right about playing on a Sony handheld. Um and the music, they chose some very good songs to represent that game too, like um, LCD sound system and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of content to enjoy. There's like 50 skins, um, so 50 different songs to play for. So that should give you ample of time to get something out of it, really. It looks like Ubisoft actually did a good job with this launch. Huh? Well, they still put up two Game Loft joints. Yeah, that's true. 
So you can't say anything particularly good about it. Mm. Um, but hey, two of the titles, two of the five are not bad. Yeah, it's a lot better than the 3DS games they put out. <laughs> well, Ghost Recon was pretty good. I love yeah. Ghost Recon. Yeah. Um, but moving on from games, did we play any demos? Um, I played Unit 13, which is a it's it's a game that's put out by the same people that do the SOCOM series. It's a third-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, to be honest, there's really not much else to say about it. It's it's a really it's kind of bland. It's a really bland military shooter. Everything it does, it does well, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't feel like a game that would be worth paying full price for because it it just feels like it's kind of a copy and paste thing. Yeah. And hmm. I, I know this it has here. Yeah, I know it has some form of asynchronous multiplayer where you can compete through, uh, you know, getting certain times and stuff on things with other people. And I think it has co-op as well. But I, I don't really know if it stands out among the rest of the games because I know you have, you have some pretty good games on this launch. And I, I the game's actually not out yet. I think it comes out in March. But uh, I, I can't see myself picking it up. No, I I won't buy it really either. It doesn't really interest me too much. Of all of the SOCOM games, yeah. Um, so that's a bit bad to hear. Um, yeah. So far, demos I've been playing. I've been playing the demo for FIFA Football or FIFA Soccer. If you live in the US, God, I hate the name Soccer. <laughs> um, but they basically gave it like the Madden NFL football treatment for the 3DS, but then saying FIFA Football, FIFA Soccer, not 12 behind it. Yeah. Um, so that's a new trend of that EA is uh, currently doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's very interesting to, pl- to play it on the Vita because um, in the 3DS version you had basically that you could shoot in direct targets in the goal by using basically uh, the touch screen and putting in a certain place in the goal when you almost at there at that point. Mm-hmm. But here it is, you can do the same thing, just like with the touchscreen, but on the Vita you can do it with the back touch or with your touchscreen on the front. Huh. So you can, um, so you move towards the goal, you're positioning your characters, which you can also do, you can just um, um, tip, tip to, to the touchscreen and then say, this ball needs to go to this character specifically now. Hmm. Uh, which is also a pretty interesting thing. Um and then you go towards the goal, and at the end of it, you can decide how you will shoot your ball into the net. You can do it through the regular buttons, which is just regular FIFA style. Uh, you can do it through the back touch, which is a bit iffy. Hmm. Or you can do it through the um, front touch, which is actually pretty nice. So, um, yeah. um, I actually I heard about that game on, they, um, I think it's Player One Podcast. And they were actually saying that it's on par with the PS3 title. Have you ever played that one? Um, yeah, I've uh, yeah a little bit. Um, I've been only playing the demo of that too. Um, since I only bought the 3DS one, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see that. Um, it feels on par with the console ones exactly, yeah. uh, for better or worse. So you will get the full experience out of it, definitely. Um. But in the demo, you could only pl- choose like two teams, and not of the teams that um, I am rooting for. So, 
Um, I, I would be for me a bit better to feel what my actual teams would feel like on yeah. the handheld before I would buy it myself. Um, but it's an it is an interesting notion that um, the hand the game is handled better. Yeah. Um, the other two games like our Reality Fighters, which I don't really have much to say about, other than it's it seems okay, <laughs> just okay. And Mod Nation, which is like this is the PlayStation Free version without the online. Yeah, that that bothers me. <laughs> well, there are some cool notions there which you can make your own tracks with, like with the back touch and everything. And there are some there are some cool stuff in it, but it's like it's not exactly the most brightest of ideas to put a Mod Nation game on the Vita. Yeah, especially since I would see that game as a direct competitor with Mario Kart, and without online. Which one would people rather pick up? There you go. Yeah. But um, it's it's a still a fine game. You can still like import stuff from your PlayStation 3 to the Vita and otherwise. So you can get maybe some track editing on the go on there. So it can be good stuff, definitely. Yeah. But um, it certainly is somewhere disappointing that it doesn't have online. Hmm. Um. So. These are the games that are currently out now, but we're also having. There are also games basically that we are looking forward to. I suppose you are looking forward to certain games for the Vita. I hope so. Yeah, actually, there's one game that I played the demo of at GameStop that I really, really want to come out soon, and that's uh, Gravity Rush in the U.S. and Gravity Days in Japan and Europe. Yeah. Oh, I want that game so much. Yeah, I think everyone's actually looking forward to that. I've 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 played it back at Gamescom already. That was like in August of last year, and I'm still. Every time somebody mentions it, I'm like, I want this game so badly. Yeah. Uh, that's the one game on Vita that really impressed me, and um, I possibly will pick it up from um, from the Japanese version because the Vita is region free if you buy something at retail. Yeah. Um. So I might pick it up. Uh, another game I'm really looking forward to is um, Sound Shapers. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about that game. It's like a platformer within a within a with a music game. It's like combines these different elements and make you can make your own songs while playing it. It's um, it, you can even make levels based on your on the little um, snippet songs you make. It's it's really crazy, but that's the one of the other titles that really impressed me and made me want to pick up a Vita. So I hope that the one releases pretty soon. Now, is Sound um, is Sound Shapes is it a uh, is it a retail release or is it download? I believe it's a downloadable title. Um, even at retail, I would buy it though. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a downloadable title. Well, definitely, yeah. you can you can buy also old retail games at download. So. And um, to add to that, really, didn't isn't Gravity Days going to be a download title in Europe? I think it's a retail release. I heard somewhere that it was only going to be download in Europe, so... Oh, that's a bit weird. I don't know. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to is... Um, that's coming out in Japan very soon. I don't know if you know about this. It's a little King Story sequel. Oh, that would be nice. That's coming out of end of March in Japan. 
and I've I've been looking recently like at screenshots of the game and how it seems to progress and um, it seems like a more colorful or more richer version than even the Wii one so that makes me really want to pick it up. Hmm. Oh, um, just to tell you, the Wikipedia article on Gravity Days says that it is download only in Europe. Gotcha. Mm, so. Okay. I want to have it on on the retail version, so that will mean I will definitely pick up the Japanese one then. Yeah. Uh, because I like to have my stuff boxed that I really enjoy. Um, other things that's coming out for the system, I, um, I suppose I'm looking forward to to this guy free remake. Yeah. There's um, kind of. I haven't actually I haven't played this guy before. Um, I have the old one. I think the first one on PSP, and it's. It looks really good. It's um, I, I said this guy free is one of the better ones. Mm. Um, so definitely pick that up if if you get the chance because yeah. I know you are into RPGs and I really oh, think yeah. you would enjoy this one. Um, um, there are there are two other games on the Vita that are coming out or at least out in Japan right now. I think it's Ragnarok. Um, I don't remember the actual subtitle to the game. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to Monster Hunter. Yeah. And then there is uh, Tales of Innocence. Uh, is, Isn't the that originally in the DS game? Yeah, it was originally a DS game. Uh, I think it's Tales of Innocence R is the uh, Vita title. Okay. And I think there's also a Yeast game that's coming out uh, for the system that looks really good. And it's actually coming to the U.S. It's been yeah. uh, confirmed. How much? I don't like much like Western games, but I'm also kind of looking forward to Mortal Kombat on the Vita hmm. because um, they introduce like uh, different challenge rooms, which make use of the different features of the Vita. And it maybe sounds really dumb, but like Mortal Kombat is the epitome of dumb, and I like dumb <laughs> stuff that does that in the games. I like silly things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm also looking forward to that one. Um, other than that, I can't really think of things right now. I do. Uh, maybe no, maybe Little Big Planet on the Vita. I would, yeah, I would like to have that. Yeah, uh, because that one's on the on the Little Big Planet Two engine, and they do all they changed all the basic stuff to stuff with like the touch screens and everything. So I would like to make levels with that basic system. I I know you mentioned that you don't like uh, Western games as much. Uh, that's probably one of my bigger disappointments with the system so far, is that there's not a lot of uh, more Japanese games that are at launch, mm-hmm. or or even announced for a um, for the upcoming, you know, the launch window. Because mm-hmm. I was really hoping for, you know, a nice Japanese RPG, just something. And all we really have is uh, a port of Disgaea. Yeah. I think the closest to something Japanese is possibly Luminous at launch. Yeah. And Although we'll, that, that has some more Western music, but it, it is a very Japanese concept. And, and maybe Katamari. Katamari is. Oh, yeah. I played a little bit of Katamari, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I do plan on picking up Katamari soon. Yeah, I think it's a good buy. Yeah. Um, just again as the other games we mentioned, again like Tales of Space, Rayman Origins, Luminous, yeah. all good games. They're mostly, mostly of the lineup are based off around good games. Yeah. It just what depends on your taste, really. Yeah, could you imagine if they got a Monster Hunter on the system? Well, we would have Monster Hunter 4, so not, they're not going to take that one from the 3DS away. Yeah. So, uh, possibly a new new Unite. Um, I, I did, um, there's actually a, uh, 
it's there's a booklet at my GameStop that has upcoming games for the Vita, and mm-hmm. it lists Monster Hunter Portable Third on this on under Capcom. And I, I know Cap, Cap, uh, Capcom hasn't mentioned anything about it, but I wonder if that's actually going to come to the Vita. Maybe because I, I know they had the um, PS3 remaster, which they could possibly bring, or just the PSP version. Well, there's good. also like the like the, the the PlayStation 3 version they could bring over, yeah. possibly. Um, we'll see. And Monster Hunter works pretty well in the video because I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter Unite with the second analog stick, and it feels pretty good. You can actually set it up, right? That yeah. you can actually use that um, second uh, circle stick. Yeah. What you do is you hold on to you just hold on the touch screen, and it brings up mm-hmm. a menu, and you can you can smooth out the graphics a bit because it looks really kind of jaggy, jaggy on the Vita screen. I guess mm-hmm. it's the, diff- the how it's larger, different uh, ratio or something. Um, and then you can change the uh, button layout and stuff to however you want it. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, so finally, to kind of wrap this up, would we recommend the Vita, getting it right now, maybe getting it later? Uh, let's start with you. Do you recommend the Vita? Um, I really like the system. But I don't know if I would recommend it to people at launch. Because there, there are okay. some really good games on the launch system, but overall, I don't think it's worth getting right now. I can see that. It's, um, you know, the launch lineup is, it's fine. There are yeah. some very, there are mostly solid products in there. Yeah. Um, but it, there's nothing that really screams out must buy. Yeah. Like, Raven Origins and Luminous, sure that those games were on other systems. I enjoyed them, definitely. But it's not necessarily worth getting a new system for. Yeah. Um, is it for me? Sure. But that really depends on your taste. You need to look at the lineup and see, okay, this is what I want, I will buy this system. But I'm cer- most certain that most people won't feel this way. Yeah. And I certainly think... Keep checking back on the library, see what comes up in the next couple of months, and if the first thing that screams out must buy for you, maybe that's the point you pick up a Vita. Because there's enough fine stuff to buy, that's not a thing. You need that one thing that will convince you to buy it. And when you once you find that thing, you will definitely enjoy the system. Yeah. Maybe that's that's a reasonable thing to say for all systems, but here particularly, because there's nothing wrong with the lineup right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, find something you really want, and then consider your options or buying decisions, not otherwise. Yeah, I, I had that, I had about the same experience with the 3DS, and I, I know um, a lot of people didn't like the 3DS launch titles, but because of Pilot Wings, I was not um, disappointed at all because I, I absolutely love Pilot Wings. Same here. Um, so that is about what we have to say about the Vita right now. It, basically, there are still first impressions, and it's still the start of a new system. We just have it over a week, so there's still a lot to be said about the system. Maybe in the next couple of months. Um, we'll see how, how it tests the waters. We are currently the test audience for it right now to see how it will do. Um, so, it still has a long road ahead of it, for sure. Um, but for now, um, James, I want to thank you for joining me. Right, thanks. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. 
and I will talk to you next time. Bye. See ya.